Welcome back, and thanks again for tapping into Beyond the Hardwood. On today's episode, I tap in with JUCO assistant Jay Bradley, assistant coach at Clarendon College. And Jay and I, we take it back and talk about his time growing up in Kansas, his opportunity to go play at Garden City, and the lessons of which he learned during that time before heading to Berkeley College to finish out his college career, life after college, and the organization he and his father put together in order to help young kids who didn't have access to the resources to help them be successful. His opportunity to break into the business working for Coach Hellenthal at Quincy, his time at Odessa, and how he and his staff are having to adjust to the new normal during this pandemic. So stay tuned as I tap in with Jay coming up next. Jay, what's good, bro? Not too much, not too much. What's happening? Man, all is well, man. How's everything your way? You know, just grinding, working, working. Man, I'm already knowing, man. How Texas treating you, man? Shoot, I woke up this morning, it was like 40-something. So I had to I had to lace up, man, like it was the wintertime, man. I know you ain't got that issue over there. You know, weather's great right now. 75, sunny, sun go down about 9 o'clock. It's good. Well, don't don't enjoy it too much, man. Shoot, I'm over here trying to trying to get adjusted to this this weather change over here, man. It's you know fall fall creeping around the corner, so. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I try to stay uh, out the sun as much as I possibly can. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work much. Um, this Texas heat different now. Oh, I'm already knowing. I'm already knowing it's different, man. So, well, man, hey, I appreciate you taking the time to hop on with me, man, and uh. Man, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and hop right into it, man. So, man, let's let's kind of start, man. Take it all the way back, man. So you originally from Wichita, Kansas. Kind of talk to us about you know how it was growing up there, and you know just you know how it was you know being a kid, you know in, in Wichita. Being a kid in Wichita, I grew up in South City, uh, Wichita, a place where it's a little rough depending on what block you're on. So uh, just going to elementary. You know, try to learn. I learned what to stay out of, and I learned what to stay in. Uh, I had two parents. They really instilled a hard work ethic. My pops made me mow yards from an early age all the way to graduation. Uh, went to middle school at a magnet school where they bus, bus kids from all over the city. Uh, went to Allison. Then I went to Wichita Heights and Wichita West. Won two state championships over at Wichita Heights. Uh, and after I graduated, I ended up going the the day after I graduated. I went to Garden City. Man. Um, so man, kind of kind of talk about how it was for you. You know, growing up in Kansas. You know, you know, it, it kind of molded you. You know, in a sense, into the man. You know, the player you were back then. Man, just kind of talk about you know what some aspects of of. Uh, you know, of your childhood that kind of just, you know, that you can look back on and say, man, like, that's kind of what molded me and has, you know, molded me into, like, the man I'm becoming today. I've always been a basketball junkie. Uh, since I was a little boy, I always watched basketball. I was always outside. Uh, it's a little – we were a little different. We they, they made us go outside, and I always had a basketball. Right. Uh, I always – Tended to always geared towards basketball, learn the game. My dad had a lot to do with that type of stuff. My dad was is a he's a hardworking dude, um, and he's very giving. So we helped a lot of people when I was growing up. 
and that's kind of what made me the man that I am today, just spending so much time with my dad, seeing the people that he helped out, seeing the way he worked hard. Uh, and he told me, you know, you never have a day off as a man. You never have a day off. You don't get to pick and choose. You're nothing without your word. So if you give somebody your word, that's you need to stand on it because your, your, your name means something. Right. And that's kind of what I base, off, base my work off of. Um, I try to under-promise and over-deliver. I don't mm-hmm. tell people I can do something. I just try to get results. And that's what I've been. That's that's what I've been successful at. I get results. No, for sure, man. And, you know, that's that's one thing. You know, I realized about you, especially on your Twitter. You know, that's that's in your bio. You know, get results. And, and you know, shoot. Let's kind of talk about your high school career, man. Because if I'm not mistaken, y'all was pretty good. I think y'all y'all lost what maybe three games your senior year. Yes. Yeah, I, man. Uh, I played. With- I played with really good players. I played with Evan Wesley, started at Wichita State. I played with Perry Ellis, he started at Kansas. And then Dreamer Smith started on that team. He went he went on to be a running back at West Virginia, and he was with the Chargers for a while. I don't think he's still in the league. Uh, but I played with really good players, and Coach Howard kind of put us all together. Um, we had a squad. We did have a squad. Oh, Terrence Moore was man. there. He played for Sean Vandiver. That's now at Wyoming. At Emporia State, we did have a squad. I was about to say, man, shoot, anytime you go, like, I think it was, I saw it was like 23 and 3 or 24 and 2, something like that. I mean, shoot, you had had to been doing something right, man. Um, so, man, kind of, let's push forward, man. You know, you you obviously, after high school, you get the opportunity to go to Garden City. And, and shoot, you just mentioned that, like, <laughs> you ended up going the next day after uh, graduation, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, the guy, uh, Trent Wolf actually picked me up that morning, that next morning. My parents were like, bye. Trent Wolf picked me up. <laughs> they was ready for you to get out, huh? Exactly. They pushed me out. <laughs> Trent came and got me. Moose came and got me. And uh, he was, <clears throat> I was there for the for the next five weeks. Uh, went to school, did a lot of working out. Uh, Bucket actually recruited me. Bucket and Trent recruited me to go out there. I played for him, Coach Les, and Trent there for a year. And then Bucket ended up going to uh, Training Valley the next year. Man, so kind of talk about, you know, that experience for you, the JUCO experience. Um, You know, that's your first time, you know, experiencing, you know, going off to college, you know, from home. And and now, you know, you you out here, your own man, you know, got to figure it out. You know, kind um, kind of talk to us about you know your experience at Garden City. You know, what some things that kind of that you learned about yourself while you were there, and um, that helped you, you know, get to your next spot. Man, Garden City. If, I don't know. A lot of people know how Bucket used to run Garden City. He used to have like thirty five guys. So when I got there, I was like, yeah, there's thirty five players here. So right. it was a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, just being around so many people and then, you know, trying to understand uh, why they did it. It built something. It, it made me a better basketball player. It made me more competitive. The things that uh, Bucket emphasized, I still emphasize today as a as a player and actually – or not as a player, as a coach. Right. And you can see he still holds true because I just got finished working for him at, a, at Odessa and he hasn't changed. He still – you know, emphasizes playing hard, competing every possession, and just doing the little stuff. Toughness. The toughest kids gonna play. The toughest guy gonna play. 
and that really shaped, molded me as a man, as a player, and as a basketball coach. Man, that's love, and then obviously you were there. How long were you at Guard City? One or two years? I was there two years. I registered my first year, and then my second year I played a little bit. Okay, gotcha. And then you get the opportunity from Garden City to go to uh, Barkley College, um, a small Christian school uh, in double uh, double C double A uh, division, and, and you're there for the last two two years of your career, man. So, kind of talk about you know th- that experience being at uh, at Barkley for yourself, and, and just kind of what it was like. What some things that you took away from your time there? Because, I mean. I, you know, I was looking through, man. We're doing some research on you, and, and you had, you know, some some accolades from there as well. I mean, shoot, y'all even had a little bit of success as well, man. So, kind of talk about your time over at uh, at Barkley. I think it just, you know, it prepared me. My dad taught me how to serve people. My aunts, my grandma, I always serve people, but it it prepared me to serve somebody else. I think the greatest leaders are servants, right. and it prepared me to be just that. You know, you got to be a you got you got to have you got to be willing to sacrifice for somebody else in order to be successful, and that's something that never, never shot away from. My dad's favorite scripture is "Given it shall be given mm-hmm. unto you," and that's just what I kind of that that's just kind of what I live by, and I think that's what me going to Barclay uh, prepared me for to be a leader, because mm-hmm. uh, humble beginnings make the best leaders. I for think. sure, and and that's what Barclay. That's why I was sent to Barclay, I think. And God was preparing me to do some things. Right. Just help the young men I'm helping now, the young men I helped at Odessa, uh, and so on and so forth. Nah, man, for sure, for sure. And, and you know, like unlike most people, you know, man, at growing up, we all want to go and play pro. But, you know, after you got done playing, you know, your purpose um, kind of started to really – I feel like be fulfilled and, and, and you're, you know, you kind of started to walk into, you know, what it was that, you know, you're called to do and uh, kind of talk to us. Cause me, and you was actually talking about it earlier, man. So kind of talk to us about, you know, once you got done at Barclay, um, what you started doing, I know you was coaching AAU, but you know, from what you were telling me, man, we didn't get all the way into it, man. But, but I want you to kind of tell that story. Cause I know you were helping kids uh, back in Wichita. Yeah, I was going to go overseas. I tore my meniscus. And and the guy that recruited me to go to Garden City is like, hey, I know, you know, you could probably go overseas for about six, seven years. But if you really want to be a coach, I think you should get into it. And he knew I'd been working on the AAU circuit. I actually did the AAU deal for about 10 years. I was coaching while I was at Barclay because uh, my schedule was a little different. So I was coaching while I was at Barclay. And my dad had put something together to where we traveled. Um, quite a bit. Went to Kansas City. Would go to Dallas. Would go all over the country. Little Rock, right. uh, St. Louis, and just we we really stress helping kids with uh, not the resources or a father figure to help them. You know, guide them through high school decision making processes, middle school. Um, at one point, we had six or seven different age groups. And just and just really focusing on, you know, getting these guys into school, uh, valuing education. Uh, you see a lot of uh, a, a lot of young black men, especially without the resources it takes to be successful. 
right. uh, without the the men in their life, men, figure, head, whatever it is, to instill discipline in order for them to be successful. And then they get somebody has to teach them. And we were teaching young men to be successful at an early age. Now I got a kid at K State that has a full ride, not on basketball, but just uh, it's a leadership full ride. And we sent kids all across the country, just some similar like that. And I think Chris will end up being a president of some aviation company or some engineering company. Uh, he's very instrumental in the community, and we just get back. Uh, I'm I'm big on people. I'm I'm big on taking care of people, just because I've been blessed. Right. And that I can't take it with me. I, I don't have everything, but I I sure can share with what I got. Right. Nah, man, that's love, man, for sure. And anytime, you know, you, you get people who want to invest in others, especially, you know, people that look like you and me, man, that, you know, it touches home, man, because a lot of, like you, like you said, man, a lot of us don't have access to, especially as, you know, young kids don't have access to the resources that, you know, can help us, you know, further ourselves, whether it's, you know, playing, you know, whether it's just going to school, get our education, you know, start a business, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, you know, it, it, it's tough. And for y'all to be able to do that um, and, and get that squared away, man, that's love. That's love, man. Um, and I know you did that for about what you did that for about seven to ten years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. A, it was. I started when I was in high school. And okay, I, so it was every long coach time. that I played for, I'd learn stuff and I'd bring it back to these kids. Right. And we got kids that play for us now at everywhere, but I think we sent one kid D two, and then every we got every everywhere from NAIA from JUCO all the way down. Nah, man, for sure. And then you know you even. After that time, you actually got your official break into the college game in which uh, you got your start under um, Ryan Hellenthal, who's at Quincy. Um, so, man, kind of talk about that opportunity, how that came about, man, and, and what made you, you know, decide to, you know, kind of get your foot in the door college-wise uh, and, you know, kind of begin your journey. I always wanted to be a college coach, and uh, I was sitting on the couch. It was a little late. I had applied for about 400 jobs, probably, and a lot of a lot of no answers, no callback, none of that. And one day I was sitting on the couch, and Saul called me. He was like, hey, you want a job? Uh, I was like, yeah. He was like, I want to interview you, but I want you to come in, and we could try to work something out for a place to stay or something like that. Right. I'm like, all right, bro. Tell me when you want me to be here. I was like, be there. And I was like, he said, ah, you can choose. I said, I'll be there tomorrow. So I showed up uh, the next day. It was like a seven-hour drive. Got in my car about 6 o'clock. Showed up about 2 p.m. Uh, he went through the whole interview process. He's like, you, you're a guy I want to work with. And he kind of took me under his wing. I learned a lot that year. I learned a, I, I learned a tremendous amount from him. He was very organized. I did a little bit of everything. He let me. He, I, I was very hands-on in the recruiting. I was very hands-on in the operational day-to-day stuff, right. uh, practice preparation, red shirts. He let me do a little bit of everything, and uh, he put me on. He, he let me get in the door, and he always told me, "You got a future. You got a future in this business because I work hard. I, I had to work in the calf. 
I worked in the calf all year from about 5 a.m. to noon. And right after I got off, I go right in the office and I wouldn't leave till about 8 o'clock. Man. Man, and, and, you know, I think that's important to talk about, man, because, you know, at that level, you know, you're, you're doing a lot. Like you said, man, you're wearing a lot of hats and, you know, you're, but at the same time, you're learning so much. You know, you get the hands-on experience so much with, you know, all aspects of, you know, the program and even athletics and, and things and even just different parts on campus, man. Um, so, man, kind of talk about, you know, some of your experience or, or what's an experience that you had that kind of like really opened your eyes to, to like what you were getting into uh, and just kind of made you realize like, man, like, you know, this is another gear. You know, I always, I've always been one of those guys. Like, I do scouting reports for myself. I sit down and watch a lot of film, and I do that type of stuff for myself. So when I, when I actually seen my first scouting report, I had to contribute to, or something like that. It was, it wasn't hard because that's what I've always done. Right. I, I've always been just a basketball junkie. I always like to look at plays. Skill development was is really big for me. Uh, shooting the proper way, stuff like that. I've always done that type of stuff. Right. So being introduced to different ways of thinking is shaped has shaped the way I think and how I want to develop players uh, and how I want to do X's and O's. I've always I've always looked at the game like that. A lot of people they gradually get into you know watching games as a coach instead of a fan. I've always been more geared towards. How can I make? How, how do these guys make guys successful? How do they put them in proper places to be successful? Right. And that's just coming. From, I just love the game. So a lot of the stuff that we do now is not. It's not really a job. I'll sit there when I got free time. I'll sit there and pull up just high school kids. I just watch high school kids on baller TV, and I'll do that till one o'clock in the morning. And I'm. I know all these kids because that's. I just like to do it. Right. Right. No man, that's love, man. That's definitely love, and. And man, so you were at Quincy for how many years with with Coach uh, Hellenthal before uh, moving to your I next was, spot? I was there one year, and then Bucket hired me at Odessa. At Odessa, all right. And 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 then, man, let's kind of talk about you know getting that experience because because you know now you go to Odessa, who's you know arguably one you know and one of the best uh, JUCO conferences in the nation. You know, y'all got a good team, man, and and you know now you're at that level, you know, with with some you know high major talent, you know, man. So kind of talk to us about being at Odessa, um, and just man, just you know that JUCO life, man. Just kind of talk about that, to, you know, because a lot of people don't understand, man. Like, well, this is for kind of for people outside of the coaching business, because the ones who are who really do know about it they should know that juco you know it's it's another level but man kind of talk about you know your time there with odessa and just how it was for you and just the the grind because that's really a grind at that level i think it's just it's it's the day-to-day operation and it de- it depends on the players you have right we had a lot of guys that were that were experienced we had experience and we had guys that were hungry I was talking to somebody the other day. They asked me how I recruit for junior college. And I said, you know, I look for three criteria beyond skill and talent. They got to be skilled enough. They got to be talented. But I want kids that are poor, hungry, and driven. That means you're going to make it. If you're driven, you're going, you want to make it. You're motivated. I don't have to push you to get into the gym because you're already driven. You're hungry. You don't, you're not looking for somebody to, uh, to give you a handout. Right. I'm gonna go take it. 
and we had those type of kids on our teams at Odessa, poor, hungry, and driven. That's probably how I'm. Then that's how I I do research. I want somebody that's already driven. I don't have to push you to do something. Right. Are you do you do you want to pick it for yourself? You know, uh, and that's one of the things the daily the daily process of finding out which kids are driven on their own, self motivated. Right. I don't need to beg you to get in the gym and, and shoot three hundred shots, make three make three hundred shots. You're doing it on your own. Right. Um, that's one of the big things. And then Bucket taught me a lot how to motivate guys, how to keep me, how to keep guys motivated how to get them ready to play, finding just the little, the, the little petty stuff that makes guys tick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just making them play hard. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that really correlates to all levels. If you can compete for 40 minutes, that, that correlates. That's big time, man. And, and kind of talk about, you know, the, I want to hear your view on, you know, obviously at the JUCO level, you're dealing with building new teams every year, you know what I mean, and and trying to build not necessarily a culture but an identity that you know that program is necessarily known for. Um, man, so kind of talk about you know the importance of you know is it is it more important? Do you feel it's more important to have an identity for especially at the JUCO level, or do you feel like you still need to have some sort of culture that you're building? Um, when you don't have as much time with them players that you bring in? I think it's a little bit of both because, you know, if the coaching staff is consistent, especially the head coach, you're obviously going to keep the same identity because they're not going to change too right. much because they're going to recruit a certain type of player. Um, and the culture should be the same as well. Uh, now, give and take, you could you could miss on a couple of guys and, you know, it could look, it, it could seem as if they're, the culture hasn't, been there's not a solid foundation as a culture i think i think it goes hand to hand though uh, the head coach's identity usually you can see it on the floor if the head coach is a tough coach or if he wants to, if he wants you to go work hard and compete and he's a toughness type of guy and he instills that in a basketball team that's usually going to be your identity we're just right. tougher to you and then from then on the culture part of it does grow and I think the head coach, like when Bucket, but when Bucket uh, offered me the job, he knew what he was getting. He knew what type of man I was. He knew, he knew what he could depend on me for, and I think that has a lot to do with, with you know, establishing an identity. Your staff has an identity, right. then the team has an identity. And obviously, you were there for two years with him. Had a lot of success, man. And then, you know, an opportunity comes for you to head over to Clarendon College, man. So kind of talk about how that came about for you. Um, and, and, you know, especially during this time, man, with the pandemic and and, and so forth on, man, you know, it, it was a lot of uncertainty for a lot of us who were, you know, looking to either move or, or you know, whatever the case may have been, man. So kind of talk about how that situation came up for you, Um in regards to where you are now, which is cleared in college, I had talked. To, I had talked to Hunter off and on, and uh, he kind of he kind of just told me he was looking for some stuff, and I thought he was going to get something else. 
to be completely honest, I thought he was going to get an assistance uh, an assistance somewhere else in Texas. Right. Uh, and and one day, early like second second week of May, he he uh, called me. He just he just called me and said, "Hey, I got this job. Do you want?" Do you think it would be a good idea for you to become come be my assistant? I really want you to be my assistant. You're a really good friend of mine. We work well together, and I really trust you, and I need somebody that I can trust. And right. I said, well, give me a couple of days. I want to think about it, uh, and I want to talk to Bucket because Bucket's been kind of a mentor for me. He's known me since I graduated, and I didn't want to I didn't want to just leave Bucket high and dry. Uh, I, I trust Bucket. And before I got to call Bucket, Bucket called me. I guess Hunter called, called him, and – Bucket and I kind of talked, and I still took a few days to kind of, kind of uh, think about it. And then I called, I called Jink, and I said, "Yeah, uh, sign me up." And then we started, we started working from then on out. Uh, probably June, early June. Right. And then from then on, yeah, there it went. Fact, fact. And man, kind of talk about you know, I know, um, and me and you even talked about it that. You know, you you were working for Clarendon, but you know, you ne- you necessarily you hadn't been officially uh you know hired in a sense. You know what I mean? Kind of talk about you know that time. You know, just kind of because I if I'm not mistaken, man, I remember me and you were talking. You was actually in the D visiting some family and whatnot. And uh and, and again, man, shoot, you was working working from the phones. You know, trying to get it done. Man, kind of talk about you know being there now at Clarendon. Obviously, you're reunited with coach jenkins down there man so kind of talk about like some 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 adversities that you feel especially right now like in this pandemic man like we're all kind of going through it at our stops um what, what's some adversity that you feel is going to be able to help you all uh come january once we're able to, uh you're all able to start playing having to having to social distance monitor who the guys are around um watch what you eat they haven't been because of quarantine they haven't all any of anybody uh hasn't been as active as they probably should be so just getting back shape back in shape and with our season being pushed back it's just our timeline is a little different this year and i think that's a major that's probably the biggest adjustment on the junior college level is our timeline september is usually a uh, month where a lot of guys get in shape and get on get on the weights and stuff like that, and we've still been able to do it, but it's been moderated just because our season's going to be a lot longer toward in the spring. Right. Uh, so, and then the, the scrimmages, uh, just keeping guys engaged, uh, adjustments for us as uh, coaching staff, and then uh, we had a lot more guys here than we have. Uh, then we had at Odessa, we had probably 15 more, 15 more guys. So keeping everybody engaged, keeping everybody uh, where they can be successful at the same time. Uh, the classroom setting here is a little different. You got hybrid classes where you got Zoom one day, and in class the next, and it's hard for these guys to adjust to to their schedules. Right, uh, right. A different schedule. Yeah, um, see, and we dealing with that too, man. Exactly. And that's that's probably been the roughest part about this year is the adjustment to the class schedule. The hybrid is the the Zoom meetings one day, the in class, 
you know, just being able to get guys where they need to be on time. And it's it's been rough. Yeah. No, for sure. And that man, that's that's something, you know, I've I've even noticed that at our level here at Tuscaloosa, man, like like you said, y'all have to do the hybrid. Like our guys are doing the hybrid, you know, you gotta make sure your guys are checking the email a lot more frequently. The fact that, you know, we can't necessarily by by you know, it's mid close to the end of September and by by this time, you know, you kinda getting ready for practice and, and so forth on and, and I know like for us we, we can we're we're full go in November but I know at the junior college level it's probably a little bit more difficult because by this time you probably would have had a whole bunch of coaches coming in watching practice and things of that nature. You know, you kinda gotta get I know there's some JUCOs who are, you know, live streaming or, or recording pickup sessions, um, just so that they can get some type of film out to coaches to recruit their players, man. So man, kinda talk about, you know, just how you have to get a little bit more creative from the recruiting aspect, you know what I mean, of helping your guys get, you know, get in and get out the JUCO level. What what's some things y'all, y'all trying to get done um, to do that? Uh, we film we film our scrimmages. We've scrimmaged once a week the last couple of weeks. Uh, we film those and we send it out to college coaches. We've actually made a couple of clips of, like, the shots made and the decisions some of the guys have made. Um, just to make sure these guys get as much exposure as possible because right. I can't just pick up the phone and say, hey, you need to come look at this kid, and they come in and see him live. Now i gotta got to put in a little extra work just to make sure that these guys are getting seen. And i gotta I got to reach out to more people. Um, usually when people are coming in to see guys, it's a lot easier to get guys' looks right. just because I'm, I'm able to see guys with my own eyes instead of having to watch film. And film tells some of the story, but it's always good to look at somebody with your own eyes uh, in, in a live view. Right. And that's probably the that's probably the biggest thing: figuring out ways to where we can get coaches, to where we can get our guys seen by different coaches. Um, and we got seven or eight guys that are that are recruitable this year that probably end up going to Division One. And that's that's it. Uh, you got to stay on top of different kids. You got to make phone calls for different kids. Uh, and what I've done is I've tried to make two or three phone calls for uh, two or three kids a day. Right. I just sit down like this is this is Jacoby Deal's day. This is BJ Bruce Simmons' day. Um, and and I'll make phone calls on those two guys. And then the next day it'll be Tavion White and Anisada Solano. And I'll make a couple phone calls on those guys. Uh, just trying to make sure that those guys are seen. Uh, people know who they are. They know what level they can play at. And then trying to get those guys to to be more consistent in their weaknesses and develop their strengths as well so they can be successful at the next, at the next level. Nah, man, most definitely. Most definitely. You know, I think we all have been dealing with, you know, trying to figure out ways to keep our guys engaged, especially during this time, man. And, um, you know, that's something that, you know, I feel like, this off season and we we actually met through it man uh the be ready uh platform has helped a lot of us with because i'll kind of kind of hit on that man i don't want to hold you up for too much long man but but kind of hit on you know what that platform has done for you and really just for so many of us but specifically uh what what has helped you and how it's helped you grow over especially over this pandemic i've got to see how so many other guys run programs uh, you know, I think AB did a really good job of getting a diverse group uh, throughout the 
the four or five months that he's done it, I think he's done a great job of getting diverse a diverse group. Uh, when Mike Boynton came on, he had Mike Boynton, he had Bruce, he had uh, <clears throat> he had several different athletic directors come on. He's had interviews. Yeah. I mean, he's really the thing is it's really a professional development time uh, in all aspects of coaching. And not just he didn't focus on just one aspect. He really went in depth. Uh, him and Coach Tang, uh, I think it's a, I think it's imperative to to understand the type of things that he shared. That, that knowledge is invaluable. Uh, Coach Tang with his prayers, Coach prayers, uh, Coach Tang with his prayer at the end. I mean that's that shows that he cares about somebody else. These guys are doing it for the right reasons. I think that. Just some of the knowledge that was shared a lot of times doesn't get shared just because people don't want to or some guys don't know how to ask or where to start to ask. And right. uh, I've actually started rewatching them just to make sure that I didn't miss any like little small nuggets. The other night I watched Bruce Weber again and uh, just I picked up some small nuggets, you know, just some stuff that I missed. I looked over because it was small, but it's really good. Right, you know, right. How he taught his guys how to play uh, through an offense, stuff like that, and I think that is that that was really important. That and during that time, I was finishing my masters. Yeah. So there'd be some nights I, I I was doing my masters homework and I was watching, and I was watching Be Ready, and or I had to catch the Be Ready episode uh, the next morning because I had I had a test, so I was doing a lot. Uh, but it was so good to see the different things people work for. And there's a couple constants. And when you can watch multiple and you can see uh, the consistency of what different guys look for in, per se, an assistant coach, uh, it helps you find the things that you need to improve on so you can, you know, grow. Because ultimately I don't want to be at junior college forever. Uh, I want to be uh, at the Division One level. Right. And these guys are showing me the way. I just got to watch, pay attention, write my notes, and then work, you know. No, for sure. For sure, man. And, and you hit it on the head with, you know, the Be Ready platform, man, and just being able to bring together a, a diverse group of coaches. And, you know, it's been great being able to learn from, you know, whether it's just, you know, the coaches that's within the group or or even just, you know, the people that, you know, A.B. and, and Coach Tang and, you know, Jareem and, and so forth and on were able to bring on as guests, um, you know, each and every Wednesday and Saturday. So, uh, so nah, man, that's love, man, that's love. But, man, hey, I, I appreciate you hopping on, man, with me. Um, you know, kind of share your story, man, share your journey. Um, you know, great things are to come for you, bro. I'm already knowing. Um, and the way I do these, you know, just as well as I do, I always ask, man, if you had to suggest one person, we got to get on this platform, man, to tell their story, man, and just kind of, you know, drop some gems, man. Who would that be? Man, you got to you got to talk to an AAU guy, Brandon Jackson. I think Brandon knows knows the platform, uh, knows Texas. He knows players. He's he's uh, out in West Texas. He's out in Lubbock. He does a little bit with kids as well. Uh, I think you got to get on Brandon Jackson, and you got to talk to him a little bit about his story and how he and how he helps kids and what he does. 
uh, just on the recruiting aspect, he's one of the he's one of the few guys that if you ask him about a player, he knows him. Uh, he knows he, he knows players, and that's kind of where uh, he was a college roommate of mine. And we we just junkies. We we always watch players. We debate players. We debate on coaching schemes and stuff like that. He knows ball. Right. Nah, for sure, man. Shoot, shoot, you make the connection, man. We can make it happen, as always. I can definitely do that. Nah, for sure, man. Well, well Brad, man, I appreciate you again tapping in with me. Um, man, you know, we, we definitely going to be in touch, man. And, and uh, again, man, I appreciate you. I appreciate it. All right, man. I'll holler at you. Yep. All right. All right. Thanks again for tapping in to Beyond the Hardwood. Just a quick reminder to share, subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And also, be sure to follow the Beyond the Hardwood IG page as we continue to build this platform. And last but not least, be on the lookout for Beyond the Hardwood apparel coming very soon. And until next time, remember, life goes beyond the hardwood.